Hello and welcome to the First and Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another 2023 NFL Draft Prospect interview. I'm joined today by North Dakota University and Rhode Island University wide receiver, Pedro Schmidt. Pedro, how are we doing today, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well, man. Super pumped to have you on. Like we alluded to, you've attended multiple universities, so definitely a cool college journey. Looking forward to diving into it with you today, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I want to go all the way back to the early years for you, man. Uh, you alluded to a little bit off the record. You were not actually born in America, so tell me a little bit about where you're from, man. Um, so, yeah, I um, I was born in an island uh, colonized by Spain. It's originally called Santa Isabel. Uh, it's now called Malabo, and kind of that's kind of where my family, like where I originated from. Uh, we I moved to the states couple of years after that and then I've kind of been in the states ever since but yeah my first language is Spanish uh, I grew up speaking Spanish uh, my whole entire life uh, my family's still on the island and in Spain and stuff like that so uh, I don't really have much much family in terms of my mom's side in the United States actually we're the only ones here and then on my uh, dad's side we have some family here now so but yeah it's kind of like my origin like where I'm from and stuff like that so so how did you come to the game of football then? Um, so it really like so I've never I've never played football ever in my entire life. Uh initially when I moved to the States, uh I just did track, you know, because that's what I did when I was younger and stuff like that. I was just running because that's all I really did was run or I'd play soccer, you know, what we call it football. So I would just play football or I would run track. And then coming to the States, uh my dad here, he's American, so he kind of just kind of put me into it. I tried it one year when I was twelve, and then I didn't, and then I didn't do it again until I was in high school. So really, it's it, yeah, it's been a while and stuff like that. So, so what brought you back to it? You get to high school, what makes you go? You know what? I want to go back out for football, and then how do you ultimately decide? Like, hey, I actually want to play this in college now too. Um. So initially, I it's actually a funny story. So whenever I decided to like play football again, because I really didn't know anything about it, uh, it was my first year in high school, and I was they already had camp and everything, because I didn't even know, because I so I was still new to the area. So I moved from Houston, Texas, to to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was still new to the area. So I didn't I've never done a sport up in this area before. I didn't know what was going on, and I was actually late to the football signups. Uh, they already had camp and everything. And like, I literally like showed up like day one of my like, practice, like during school. I had, I literally had no idea. My family didn't have any idea. So, and that's just kind of like how I got into playing football uh, in the United States and stuff like that. And then gradually, like, as I went on, they kind of just put me everywhere. Uh, I'd say probably until my junior year, that's when I probably started playing wide receiver and uh, kind of just went on from there. I didn't really know much about like college because I've never really heard much about college, you know, coming from where I'm from. And, and if anything, like I've never heard of people going to college and playing a sport, you know, that was mostly like you go to college and it's for like uh, a degree or just like some like a trade school. That's how we kind of did it. Not in the United States and stuff like that. So when I heard from some friends here, they're like, well, you can go to school and you could play a sport there. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And I really, like I said, I had no idea like what that stuff was. And I was just kind of like a raw athlete. So I had some friends in the area and they would just go to camps and I kind of just would go with them and stuff like that. And I just, I probably didn't perform the, the best of my abilities in ter- because I, like I said, I didn't really know. I was just kind of an athlete, you know, I was just kind of just going. And then I'd say about my senior year of high school or end of, like my junior year, I was like, okay, maybe I could play in college. So then I just kind of, like I said, I was an athlete and I just went to camps and started performing well, uh, started learning a little bit more about the wide receiver position and then just kind of went from there. And I received my first offer from Wagner, Wagner college and, uh, and that's kind of how it went from there and stuff like that. But yeah. So, you know, you end up going to North Dakota out of high school. What ultimately led you to choosing North Dakota? Obviously you talked about Wagner being your first offer. So what led into yeah. North Dakota? Yeah. So like I said before, I didn't like, I didn't really know much. And so my dad, now that my mom had, uh, had married whenever we got to the States, uh, he's actually from North Dakota and that's where like the family aspect came from. He had family members there. And I like me, I've never really been away from my family, you know, just growing up with just my mom and stuff like that. And then obviously uh, being so close to my family, not really having many family members around, it was kind of nice to go somewhere where there's other family members there. So I kind of, that's kind of how I decided to go to North Dakota. Uh, They gave me an opportunity and I was actually, I went to North Dakota for football and track. So I was initially, like I said, I, I didn't really want to play football as much. I was mainly like a track guy. I just wanted to play track or run track. I'm sorry. And like I was getting looks at, uh, you know, for to be a hurdler and just kind of just whatever, I, you know, I was kind of decent at track. And that's kind of like the opportunity in North Dakota allowed me to both run track and play football. So that was kind of a good opportunity. And that's kind of what I ultimately decided to go there and stuff. So. So you, you are from an island nation and you go to college in North Dakota. Did at any <laughs> point, like when winter came, were you just like, oh, man. man, what was I thinking? Like, Yeah, what? honestly, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy because it was North Dakota. Honestly, Grand Forks, North Dakota is honestly probably one of the coldest places I've ever been in my entire life. Like, so being in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, like I had a jacket, but when I go to North Dakota, Man, I couldn't even use that. I was freezing. I had to get a big winter jacket. We were two hours from Canada, uh, from Winnipeg. And it like literally, it was literally the coldest. Like my first year of college, I remember it snowed October the 4th. I literally remember the day because I got it like on my phone and like the Snapchat memories, you know, that's when they started doing all that. And like I was like, this is unreal. Like I've never seen snow like this. But like I said, I met being in North Dakota, I met some of my best friends like in my entire life that you know, I could call those guys my brothers, you know, down the road, like I hit them up, whatever. They're always there for me, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, just the whole weather aspect. Like I, I literally remember they're always like, they said this one thing, like, yeah, we got tunnels all around the university coming in and out. So you don't have to deal with the cold. The only tunnel they had was going to the cafeterias from the dorms. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of funny there, but. So what, yeah. obviously, you know, you talked about going to school to also run track and play football. When you yeah. get to North Dakota, though, what ultimately led you to end up, you know, pursuing more football and backing off the track? Well, in all honesty, it was like I, I guess like track was always track's always been my love, but just I don't know something about football and just like the whole like the team aspect and just being around a group of guys. Like I literally, like honestly, like, when I was on a track team and stuff, like yeah, everybody was like they're all good people. They're all my like guys and guys and girls and stuff like that and I just but I just kind of felt like I was just like there for me like I just 
I want to just get myself, you know, my times and just, I was, I felt like it was super individualized. You know what I mean? And then just being with football, it's just, I don't know. It just, I just felt some, it was a it was a different presence. It was a different feeling. Just, there's no other feeling when you're just around a bunch of guys and you guys are just grinding just for one goal and just like being in the locker room with the guys and just overall, I just, I felt like I just connected with those guys a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like what kind of led to that too, really. So, you know, in all those years at North Dakota, is there a moment that stands out in your time there as being, you know, maybe just a little bit more of a special memory there at North Dakota than the rest? Um, man, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I would honestly say just being able to get my degree. Uh, uh, I just, I was, I'm a first, first generation, first of all, first generation in the United States, uh, first generation to get a college degree in computer and computer science engineering and just, just overall getting that degree, because that was honestly one of the, one of the biggest, the biggest things, one of my biggest goals and just honestly being able to be an engineer student and while playing division one football, like that, that right there was a task itself. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many times where I was just like, man, I don't know if I could do this. I got to switch my major. And I remember um, there was, I think like five guys in my class coming in, who like were majoring in engineering, only two left. And it was actually my freshman roommate, you know? So it's just, like I said, it's really hard. And we had to maintain a 3.0 GPA to uh, not stay in study hall anymore. And like I said, like it was just overall with the temptations and everything like that. And just overall the college aspect. And it was just a lot, you know? So I'm definitely, that's one of the biggest things. I'm definitely glad I, I was able to accomplish and get done for real. So, you know, you talk about, you know, you chose North Dakota because of the family presence that was there in the state for you. But yeah. like we alluded to, you ended up playing this past year at Rhode Island. So what yeah. ultimately went into the decision to go ahead and transfer? And why did you land on Rhode Island? Yeah, so honestly, just the fact of like, yes, my uh, my family on my dad's side was obviously in North Dakota and stuff, but I really wanted to get uh, closer to home. You know, Rhode Island being seven hours away from the house. Uh, and I just, North Dakota was a 20 hour or 20, 21 hour drive. So just being seven hours closer is just so much more convenient for myself, my family. And just kind of, uh, I, I just wanted a different scene. You know, I was just being in North Dakota was just, I got a taste of the Midwest, you know, and it was, it was very interesting. It was very different. And then just coming back out East and actually experiencing that as a young adult, as opposed to like being a high school student that was also very different. And something that I did learn was uh, that there, it's like, it's like a different world sometimes, you know, but when it comes to the football aspect, it's, it's all the same, you know, it's all the same. And I, like I said, going to Rhode Island, I met some really good people and it was really nice because I met some people that like were in my culture too. Like I was able to start speaking Spanish again, like other than with my mom or through my family through WhatsApp, you know, like I, I was, there's so many people of like, just like different races and like of Hispanic, Espanola descents and all of that. And it was super nice to just being able to just speak my language again too. Like that was another aspect that I really enjoyed about Rhode Island and just the guys, they were really cool. And just the atmosphere about it all was, was very exciting and, and very competitive. You know, uh, I would say this, that being in Rhode Island and specifically in my wide receivers group, I would say we were a very competitive room, very competitive. I would say it was, and like, obviously there's no uh, disrespect to the, the room that I had in North Dakota. Like we had some dogs there for sure. Like 
And I, like I said, we had a lot of good dogs and a lot of good ball players, you know. But I don't know. There's just something different about being at Rhode Island. Like I felt like if I were to mess up one time, you know, it was like it's it's you could tell, you know, like it's it was very competitive and you couldn't afford to really mess up, you know, kind of thing. So how do you feel? You know, obviously you have declared for the 2023 NFL draft and, you know, having gotten to play in multiple different offensive schemes and being coached by different coaching staffs. How do you feel that that helps you as a prospect in this year's draft? Um, I mean, for starters, uh, at North Dakota, we had, um, we had uh, a quarterback's coach uh, when I was initially there. And then my final years there too, we also had a quarterback's coach. Um, so I was picking off his, their brains in terms of like, um, like coverages and just like, kind of like what, uh, quarterbacks are looking for in a receiver, you know, and like shout out to obviously Danny Freund, coach Danny Freund and, um, uh, and also, uh, coach King, um, uh, you know, they, like them being quarterbacks, uh, I was able to get an aspect of the game that I wasn't really used to. And I learned a lot. Like I didn't know anything about coverage until coach Freund was like saying all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, we touched a little bit in high school, but like he really got in depth with, with you know, both coach Freund and coach King in North Dakota. And I got that aspect of the game of learning coverage is being able to like, that was like very imperative sometimes where we would get on the field. We'd have to see the coverage boom, no right away. And going to Rhode Island, I, I had a receivers coach, like a coach that actually played wide receiver. So I was able to get that aspect of like just the technique and the nuances of being a wide receiver. So, you know, I was able to get both the best, both like the best of both worlds from both that in terms of like being a receiver and what you got to do to be a receiver to get to the next level. So I definitely was able to take knowledge from both those universities and stuff like that for sure, just to kind of prepare me for the next level, you know? So, yeah. So what ultimately, you know, like we alluded to, you've declared for the draft. So what went yeah. into the decision to declare for the draft and what were your emotions like when you finally made it official? Like, Hey, I'm going for this. I'm going to try and play professional football. Yeah. Uh, so initially I, there was like this, this moment in college where uh, the game just kind of slowed down for me. And, uh, and it just felt like, it just felt a lot easier, you know, like it just, there was at times like when I first got in there, yeah, it wasn't like crazy. It wasn't hectic, but there just one year, it was, it was 2019 fall. I literally remember it. I think I had one of my best fall camps I've like ever had. And it just, I, something just clicked in my head where it's just like, I, I was just saying, like, I just, I don't know. It just felt weird. Like, I feel like I could play at the next level and it just kind of just clicked in my head. Uh, and then it just kind of went on from there. And then after, literally after 2019, cause I initially, I didn't even have thoughts of like playing like after call or after college. And then literally after 2019, I was like, wow, like I can actually, I can actually play. Actually, I should do, I can actually do this. And then I just kept practicing and just kept working and just grinding, grinding, just working on myself. And um, just things just started coming a lot easier for me. And that's just kind of what kind of led me to the opportunity. And it was crazy because being from Pittsburgh, PA, there's a lot of guys in the NFL right now. Like, there's a lot of guys that are playing just in a league right now from Pittsburgh, PA. And I've either played against them, trained with them, and I've seen how I stack. Like, I never want to compare myself with anybody, but I just I just see where I stack where where they're at and then where I'm at and see how I can improve. And it's there's, it's really not far off at all. And that's kind of just what led me to that point. And literally after 2019, I just kind of went all for it, you know, and that's kind of how it went. 
to talk about, you know, obviously you having success, you know, as a track athlete as well, you know, there's yeah. been a lot of guys who have been really good track athletes that go on to have successful NFL careers, particularly yeah. at the wide receiver position. It's a position that yeah. correlates well. So how do you feel track helps you as a wide receiver and helps you as a pro prospect? Well, I mean, for starters, having a track background and in terms of like right now, so I'm currently training right now for pro days and stuff and just having a track background, it's actually very, it makes it a lot easier in terms of right now uh, for the pro day, because for example, the 40 yard dash, you know, they, when guys go to train for that, they basically are essentially training to be like a track athlete. So basically having a background definitely puts me a step ahead um, but then also it could hurt me a little bit just because of the fact of like, we're running a 40 yard dash and sometimes I may not get to my full speed at that 40. It's usually after that. But I mean, overall, I feel like my track background just kind of helps me just because I know how to run. Uh, and that's kind of what <laughs> you kind of want. Like you want to post or, you know, I'm something deep. Like I, I know how to run, uh, and just, that's yeah that's kind of like kind of the biggest thing i think just with track it kind of helps you if you just if you can run you can run and, it, and it's it's noticeable you can see it on film and when someone puts on the pads and they're running you, you can see it you know so yeah you know and some people might want to paint you in a box it's like oh he's a track athlete that plays wide receiver so he just must be a speed threat but there's a yeah. lot more to your game than just running a vertical route so yeah. talk about you know some of the different aspects you bring on the football field and how do you feel it helps separate you from some of this year's draft prospects? Yeah, for sure. Um, for starters, like you said, yeah, it's obviously not always about running in a straight line. Um, I think I'm pretty good at separating myself at the, uh, at the top of the route. Uh, you know, so let's say we're running whatever kind of route. And I feel like I can get good separation at the top of the route and just kind of separate me and kind of make the play from there. Um, and then just, I'm very good at exploiting a defense. So I just feel like I can find ways to get open. Usually anyway, like it doesn't matter if it looks like I may be covered, I'll find I'll find a way to get open. Just the quarterback just got to give me the ball and I'll try to make the play, you know, and that's just kind of how it is. Like I feel like I can I can make myself open when I need to be um, and just kind of like my mindset with everything. I really, I really don't, I don't like to lose. Uh, and I get very like angry, you know, when that happens. And I, I, I try not to show it. I just kind of just keep going, you know, and I just, I always tell myself like, you know, just what I always hear, like nobody cares, you know, just obviously just keep going and work harder, but really that's really kind of what I do. You know, it's just, I just, I work hard. Uh, and I mean, it's pretty evident. I've heard it a lot. I'm, I'm like a blue, I'm like a blue collar player. You know, I just, I work hard and I just, I may not have all the God given talents, but I work hard in order for me to be able to compete, you know? So, Yeah. You know, and you talked a little bit earlier about pro day opportunities and, you know, have, obviously when you go through the draft prospects, you know, there's all these all-star bowl games. Now you have the senior bowl, the tropical bowl, podium, yeah. all these different bowl games. Did you participate in any of those? And if so, not, are you looking at any of the pro days as well? Yeah. So initially um, coming, uh, coming out of the end of the season. So I was actually, I was invited into the, uh, to the dream bowl. Uh, and I ended up not going to that because I ended up going to this, uh, it's called the national scouting combine. Um, and it's, so it's a national scouting combine. So they'll do this combine and then they have an all-star game right afterwards. And I just felt 
that would be more, more beneficial for myself just because one, I can do the combine stuff and then I can also have an all-star game afterwards. And, uh, and with the combine stuff, I can just kind of see a general base, like a baseline of where I'm at. Cause so this was in January. So I was able to see a baseline of where I'm at and where I need to be when it comes to pro day time. And, uh, right now I'm working towards, uh, for pro day wise, I'm working towards, um, Duquesne university and, uh, working towards Temple university. So those are two schools in, uh, PA I'm looking, looking to go to those kind of working out the kinks right now and stuff like that. Uh, and then finally there's, uh, I was invited to this combine. It's called the ANC combine. I'm going to the one in Los Angeles, April 22nd. So it's the ANC, I guess they hosted the XFL showcase last year, I believe. So, I mean, the people that run it are pretty credible. Uh, there are some scouts that have been, uh, in the NFL, like scouting for a long time. So it's a, it's a pretty credible, uh, combine that's coming up April 22nd as well. But that's kind of what I have in terms of like getting in front of scouts and just kind of showcasing what I can do. You know, like, like I said, I'm very excited to see what my numbers are going to be. You know, I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. And I, I think everybody else will be too. So do you ever have a moment where you have to pinch yourself? You know, you talked about, you know, not even being born here in America to now, you know, you're trading to play football for a career. That's how you'll get paid is to play football. So you yeah. ever have that moment where you just have to pinch yourself like, wow, this is really my life. This is really what I get to do. Honestly, like it's it's super crazy because it's like I would have never thought that this would like be where I would be at. You know, like I, I just for example, like growing up, I I didn't even know. Like obviously, I was a little kid, but I, I didn't even know I was going to leave. You know, the island. I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was going to come to the United States. You know, I didn't know I was going to do this, do that, play football. Like I said, like initially, like I told you before, I didn't know I was going to go to college. You know, and then obviously running track. And then football, like, it's just, it's so crazy and super surreal. And my mom just like, and she's obviously seen everything. She's seen obviously from when I was a little kid and this, that, and the third and growing up initially not having a father, you know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like, she's just kind of seen it all. She's also taking it in as well. And she's just, she's just very excited. She just wants me to do, do well and just make a name for myself and just make her and the family proud, you know, just in whatever I do, you know, they just want me to do, my best and they'll support me in kind of anything I really do, you know? So, yeah. You know, and you talk about your mom and the support that your whole family has given you, you know, to come from where you started to where you are now, it does take an entire village. It takes a whole support system to get to where you are now. So talk a little bit about your support system and just how much they've meant to you on this journey. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I say, I'd say for starters, just like my mom, you know, um, she's like, she's one of the biggest, my biggest supporters, you know, me and her coming in here, uh, big language barrier, learning English. Uh, like I was, I remember I was using, uh, Rosetta Stone and all that kind of stuff to learn English. And my mom, she had a little like, like, uh, English to Spanish, like notebook and stuff like that, just kind of help her out and stuff. And just seeing how she just kind of went about everything, obviously being a lot older than me and coming, uh, to the States and just how she tackled everything and just, having her own business now too and stuff like that just it's just very nice to see her accomplish her dreams and just doing things that they for sure never thought she was ever going to do obviously you know, like being where she's from like and now she's here in the states like this is like being in america like some people don't understand it. you're like a rock star like literally everybody like 
they say America, America, you know, like this is the land of opportunity. Like every, like, this is the place to be. And the fact that she's here and now she gets to watch me like just do what I want to do and follow my dreams is, is just super nice. And then obviously having my dad there as well, obviously him going through his life and just being around me and just, just guiding me and helping me as well too, you know, just being there for me and just giving my, me and my mom the opportunity to come to the States. Like that's, that's awesome. And then my sister as well too, you know, I, I really try to set uh, a good example for them. You know, I got, I got two younger sisters, a 16 year old, and then one's about to be 10. So I just, I try to set a good example for them just in whatever I could do, you know, just, I don't want them to, to ever like, feel like they're down if they ever need something i'm there for them and just vice versa you know and i just i want to be somebody they can look up to you know say that's my brother that's my big brother you know? so yeah you know you talk about you know where you were born and where you know you initially grew up when you moved to america i'm always interested i've talked to several guys who moved here you know in their childhood and they always talk about the cultural differences yeah some of the biggest shocks so when you came to america what was the biggest cultural shock for you that you it took you a minute to get used to obviously other than the uh other than the like the language barrier, uh, the food, <laughs> the food is like, the food is very different here. It's, uh, I mean, I don't think it's really healthy, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, the food is definitely different. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not like literally like growing up. Like I would only really eat like, uh, like uh, rice, like sweet rice, like it's like milk with rice, or like rice and fish and that's like you know i mean that's like that was like the like how we ate and then now here it's just like all these there's just there's just a lot going on you know but i'd say the food the food was definitely one of the biggest thing you know like that's what i noticed out of everything have you come to appreciate any of the fast food chains is there any one that you're like yeah man i'm kind of glad that this place is around yeah so uh initially so it's actually crazy right so when i was younger i would always i would always eat at mcdonald's but I have not eaten at McDonald's since 2013. It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, I love Wendy's, man. The four for four at Wendy's, that is so good. The four for four is good. And then there's this place, and it's in the Midwest only. It's called Culver's. I love Culver's. They have these concrete mixers. These like, it's like these milkshakes. I'll get them like every single day. They're unreal. You know, like I – in. It was crazy. So when I went to that, uh, I went to that combine in January. It was in Indianapolis, and they had a Culver's. There. So I was like, "Let's go!" I haven't had a Culver's in over a year. Like I went there, I got Culver's, and I tried this place called Zaxby's. I've never had that before. I heard Zaxby's is good, so that was a good place. But I would honestly say I love the Wendy's four for four, uh, uh, Culver's concrete mixers, Zaxby's was fire, Cans is fire. And Chick Fil A is Chick Fil A is good too. So yeah, all that I loved it all, man. It was awesome. I'm glad to see that you have gotten over to a Canes because that <laughs> sauce is a life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, you know, we we've talked about what you bring on the field, but one thing that people don't realize is your off the field character can make it or break it for a pro career before it even starts. Yes. So tell you know, tell us a little bit. You know, if one of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you, what are they getting from you as a person? Well, for starters, you're about to get an infectious player and just an infectious person. Like I just, I feel like I always hear this a lot. They always say like I just bring energy to the room. Like it's like it's weird. Uh, 
like anytime I walk in, like uh, I was, I just walk into a room and everyone just like, just like senses my presence. And I don't know, it's kind of like a laughter or giggly sense, but it's like, I'm not always like that. I'm, I, I'm serious at times, but I'm also just infectious. Like it's, let's say I make a play or whatever. They're like, okay, I'm going to, they're going to feed off that. I come in the room. I just, I know I try to make everyone feel comfortable, you know, cause sometimes people are a little uptight, you know, he's got to try to get, make everybody loose them, uh, you know, and just be a professional, but just be comfortable, you know, and that's something I hear is I'm just very infectious, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't know what that meant, but I kind of like it, you know? So, yeah. So if you weren't doing football, if you weren't pursuing a pro football career, what do you think you'd be doing as a professional? Man, I'd probably be running track. Either running track or I don't even know. Either, yeah, either running, honestly, it's track. Uh, maybe I'd be playing football, the real football. But, football. Yeah. Are, we, are we about to get into the American football versus the rest of the world's football debate? Well, I mean, I call soccer football. That's what that's what I call it. You know, uh, shout out to Brazil. That's my team. Uh, but yeah, that's that's I'd probably be playing either football or I'd be probably running track. If not, I guess I'd be an engineer or something, you know, but yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we love to do on this show is give advice to high school athletes. And you're kind of in a unique position as a guy who was late to the game. You know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of pro athletes, they come to the sport when they're four or five and they've played it their whole life. You know, yeah. that wasn't your journey. So if you could talk to a kid who's maybe come to the game late, maybe they're not from America and they discovered it later on, or maybe they just didn't play early on. What would you tell yeah. a kid about still, you know, not being afraid to still go for it? Well, I mean, for starters, uh, like you're always going to hear a lot, you know, and and that's one thing with uh, kind of growing up in communities. There's there's cliques and there's just people that have been around for a while. Like, let's say you'll have so and so played, they played little league or what? Well, I don't know what they call it. Uh, like uh, Pop Warner, I think it is. They played Pop Warner uh, together, and they grew up and grew up and come to high school. And their dad was the Pop Warner coach. They, dad was this dad was that you so it's like there's a lot of people that are in everyone's ears when you're in going into the high school so and you just got to watch out for that sometimes you know you just can't let that discourage you from you know trying to chase your dreams and chase your goals and just there's there's so much technology now like even when i was in high school we didn't have the opportunity to just go on the phone and just you could just watch receivers like work out and just drills and like all this like there's so much in the palm of your hands where you could just learn the game of football and you know it's just and that's why i feel nowadays like the young guys they're elevating their game like crazy like us older guys we gotta like catch up like we gotta get hit you know what i'm saying to what they're doing because they got so much in the palm of their hands by the time they get to college they're gonna be so advanced because they're gonna be doing stuff they see you know what i'm saying guys in the league are doing you know what i'm saying so it's like uh that thing, I feel like they got to take advantage of that and, you know, just never, never fall into, you know, the whole click, the whole mess, just be yourself and be you. And just, cause if you don't fall into the whole, that crowd, especially when you're a younger player, then you'll definitely separate yourself and try to separate yourself fast. You know, that's something that I learned and that I, I took advantage of when I first got to high school, because like, like I said, I've, I've never played football really before. And I made a name for myself, um, initially just with track because I was like, I'm fast and you can't, you can't put politics into speed. You can't say, Oh, they're not going to be able to do this or that because 
you know, because it, it's track. Like you're fast, you're not. And I just, I just, I've noticed a lot and I've experienced it. There's just a lot of that kind of behind the talks in, in high school football and just in football when you're younger. And that just, you just got to ignore that and just, just play, you know? So that's, that's kind of the biggest advice I got. You know, and one thing you brought up earlier was, you know, one of your biggest moments at North Dakota was earning your degree. It wasn't an on the field accomplishment. It was that academic portion that oftentimes gets lost, you know? Yeah. So, the second piece of advice I'd like to have you give is to, you know, a high school athlete who is maybe forgetting about those grades. They don't remember that, you know, you know, you, you do have to be good in the classroom too. So what would you tell a kid who thinks maybe, you know, Oh, who cares about the grades? I'm, I'm here to play football. What would you tell a kid about remember student athlete portion? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. So in the, <laughs> I was in high school. I was not the best. I mean, I wasn't bad, uh, but it honestly, it was just the fact of like, I just didn't really understand. And I don't know if it was just because it wasn't my speed because I'm more of like a hands-on kind of person, you know? So that's kind of, I guess, why I went to that whole engineering side because I, I was more hands-on. I was able to do stuff. So, but yes, it's definitely important because sometimes if you don't got the grades and you want to go to a certain school, they're not going to let you go there because you're on the grade. Me, at least, like I... I was able to keep a decent enough GPA towards where I can get into most schools. You know what I'm saying? And that's what some kids don't understand. They try to just keep the bare minimum, you know, and I can't attest, like, I can't say how in stress and how much that's super important to keep your grades up because even when you go to college, that's like imperative. Cause if you don't want to be in that study hall and I'm telling you, you do not want to be in that study hall in college then you better keep your grades up because they're going to see, okay, you got bad grades in high school. You're, you're already going to be in that study hall when you're a freshman because all freshmen got to do it. And then they're going to keep an eye out for you. If you make it out of that study hall, they're still going to keep an eye on you because you have bad grades in high school. So it's our, it's just carrying over, you know, like, it's like, it's like a the snowball effect. So it's super important to keep up your grades and just super important to be a student athlete. And I, I can't stress that enough. I wish I was better in high school. You know, it's just, like I said, it was just, it was hard for me just because I just, I didn't really like it. I wasn't, it just didn't interest me. It wasn't something that I wanted to do, you know, but high school is like, it was for, it's like a, it's like a general base. It, 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 you get everything, you know, and then maybe there were some classes you was good at and some classes you weren't good at, you know, and that's just how it has been. College, you'll get kind of more centralized. Like you do what you want to do kind of thing, you know? So, you know, so last question we got for you, man, we've heard what you bring on the field and we've gotten to learn about you as the person, you know, like we've alluded to the ultimate goal is that one of these 32 NFL teams takes a shot on you, brings you in. So at the end of the day, why should one of these 32 NFL teams take a shot on Pedro Schmidt? I mean, personally, uh, for starters, you're going to get a hard worker. Uh, I mean, I got, I guess a lot of people probably say you're going to get a hard worker, but it's just, I just feel like I could really just bring something different and bring something new to an organization, to a program. You know, a guy that, uh, you know, just always kept working and just kept grinding and stuff like that and maybe just didn't get the opportunity that he wanted to. And if uh, if a guy just takes a – if a team just takes a shot on me and just kind of lets me – just lets me go and just lets me like, – I feel like I'm just a player that's been super restricted on what he could do. And I – I just kind of want to just be free and just kind of just play my own game. And I, I feel like I haven't had that opportunity yet, you know, and I just, 
and the NFL is, is the biggest stage. You know, that's, that's the goal that everybody wants to be. And if you could be free and be able to play in the NFL without any restrictions, then the sky's the limit. You know, and that's that's just kind of what I kind of want to bring to a table. I just I just want to be free. I just want to be able to play. You know, Pedro, I've had an absolute blast having you on today, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, yeah, thank you. Yeah, for sure, man. And folks. That's all we got for you guys this time. That was 2023 NFL draft prospect, University of North Dakota grad, and Rhode Island University wide receiver Pedro Schmidt. But like I said, that's all we got for you guys this time. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.